Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the Insider Toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Clipboard. It is 2022 and we are back in the studio. Um, It's been a good break. Well, I, for one, had a really amazing break. I sat on a lot of beaches and relaxed, read a lot of books, played with the kids, uh, drank a lot of Chardonnay, what's new. Um, What about you, Mel? Same sort of thing. I got sunburnt on a lot of beaches. (laughs) (laughs) I drank a lot of cocktails. It was lovely. Nice. You need Mm. to get one of those cool cabanas that I just got. I do. I think that's what it's called. Amazing little brolly thing that has legs and I don't know. It provides shade on the beach easily. That's definitely what I need. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... We're back. We're behind the clipboard for 2022. You're with your hosts, Tamara Cook from Known Associates Events. And please make welcome my fellow events guru, Melissa Howie. Howdy. Did you write that? (laughs) (laughs) I did write howdy. Howdy. I didn't expect you to say it because then I was going to do my whole howdy, howie joke. Oh, right. (laughs) Right. I see. (laughs) So let's jump straight into today's hot topic, which is all about event trends and specifically we're going to talk about hybrid and virtual events Mm. mainly because we can't avoid it. We are still in COVID times even though it's three years into uh, or since COVID started infiltrating our lives. We're still sitting here talking about you know we're still able to hold a lot of in-person events but they often get shut down at the last minute or they need to be planned for in other ways. So we're going to run you through the different things that happen, I guess, um, the options that we have in terms of virtual and hybrid events. Yeah. And how to make them exciting. They don't have to be a big bummer at home stuck in your house. <laughs> yeah, except most of them are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones that we're involved with. So, Tam, tell me firstly, what is the difference between a hybrid event and a virtual event? Well, obviously, hybrid means combining of two things. So it's it definitely has a live element to it and then it has an online element to it. Um, so it's combining both per- in-person and the virtual experiences. There's usually a room that people go to and they have that norm- or normal, in inverted commas, um, experience and then there'll be some sort of audio-visual in the room that's bringing in the tech and you might have people coming from anywhere else in the world or hybrid could mean that you've got your guest speakers coming in from other countries or other states or other places other than the room that you're in. Any of those elements make up uh, a hybrid event. Also, there could be a whole virtual setup which mirrors what's happening in the room. So meaning that you can go to various breakout speaker rooms and chat rooms all based on your preferences but just with a click of a button rather than walking to a different section of the event space. And then, of course, we've got virtual. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, virtual is the second thing that you described, but that's it. That's the whole event is everybody sitting in their lounge rooms or their offices, isolated, unfortunately, but that is 
sometimes the only way event can happen at the moment in COVID times. So that means all the speakers are virtual. Uh, some of the content may be pre-recorded, but it's all via the screen and all the attendees are via screen as well. Yeah. And so there's um, a couple of ways that virtual can happen. It, it could be that absolutely no one is in the same space as anyone else, like what you were just describing, or you could have a studio environment where, for instance, if you're doing an awards night, you might get an MC and you um, set up a studio and you do all of your graphics and all of the live um, announcements from a studio and that goes out to multiple um, people on their screens. Yeah. Mm. So when should you host a hybrid? Does it suit all event styles, do you think, or should, you know, when does hybrid work and virtual over virtual? Well, obviously the number one choice to do any kind of event is in person because you're getting all of those endorphins and um, smells and tastes and all the, all the elements that come into doing a live event. It's always going to be number one for me. I know so, yeah. uh, a lot of people have become hermits <laughs> over, over the COVID years and quite like sitting in their lounge room or in their car or wherever, just dialing into something or the convenience of being in your kitchen and dialing into an event. But for me, that's never going to be the number one. So Human connection, that's what events are about. I think you can't get that over a screen. Absolutely. Um, but if you have to go virtual or hybrid due to the C word or distance, the first thing you need to do is look at your content. And as you said, is it suitable for both on-site and virtual? And absolutely not all events are. And you're not always able to create a meaningful experience or exciting immersion into an event online. Mm. So, yeah, if you're making this decision, this is the number one thing is you've got to say, can this event work for our purpose, our number one purpose, if we take it online? Examples that are easy to take online, I would say, would be conferences. You most likely have people sitting and listening to multiple various speakers. You can achieve this online easily. But if your event's more of a trade show relying on um, trying products out or seeing examples of how they work in real life, it's more of a challenge to translate this experience virtually because you mm. can't touch and feel and pick things up. So, um, yeah, it can Definitely. be tricky. And same with a, a product launch. Product launch, perhaps you can send them the product and um, everyone, so everyone who's attending, you can send it to them and they can try it and then you jump online and talk about what it's about and everyone's got it in their hands. So, if that's a car, then maybe not. <laughs> I'd be open to that. Just turning up at my door. <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. Um, Networking uh, events, I would say, would be the same. It's really hard to do. If that's the pure focus of your event, it's really hard to do via virtual. Absolutely. Yeah. That's definitely coming down to those little nuances that you have when you meet somebody and um, all the little side conversations that you have. Because when you're online, you're really, you know, you just, you're ahead in a box and you're just staring into somebody's eyes, which is really unnatural. Like normally in a room, you'd be looking around, you'd have a drink in your hand, you'd be looking at the food table. Um, Got things for icebreakers, like, whoa, check out that grazing board. Exactly. You do <laughs> things together. Yep. You're not just standing face to face talking. <laughs> Sorry. As a side note, I heard a statistic the other day that 80% of people even if a device is off but it's within someone's view or within their hand, are more likely to keep it to surface-level topics and not connect on a deeper level. 
Interesting. So that it was referring actually to taking mobile phones or iPads into meetings and how to have more effective meetings. But I think it also applies to this instance because most people aren't just looking at a computer screen. They've got their phone next to them. They've probably got their emails popping up. Yeah. You're just not going to have that deeper level of conversation. It's probably going to be a lot about like, how's the weather over there? (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. There's so many distractions as soon as you're on a screen. Yeah. Um, but one thing that you could do if it was perhaps launching a building, you could do a virtual tour. So you can walk through, you could have a, a really engaging host and you could walk through that building and show them all the components of it. As long as it's short and sharp, I think mm-hmm. that kind of thing could work online. But the content has to be really engaging. Yeah, absolutely. In, in and out. So what that leads me on to my next question. What do you think we can do more of to make hybrid or virtual events more engaging? I think if you are trying to have that networking element in an event, you could try setting up chat rooms. So you register to go into a chat room and you can see who the other people are in it. Obviously, like you just said, it's probably going to be quite surface level, but that is a way that you can incorporate that networking approach on an online level. So it's not taking it away from the event, but it's never going to be the same as in person. Mm-hmm. Um, or similarly, you could do a virtual bar. So you all go and pour yourself a drink at home and then you choose to chat people, chat to people in on a Zoom um, for a limited time before you move on to the next chat room. So it could be kind of like speed dating. <laughs> the other thing to consider is, and it, I've only just really thought of it about it as well, is it's a lot more confronting to network. Yes, you've got the protection of the screen, but you're in your home. And that's a really personal thing for a lot of people. If you've never met someone and your husband walks by in a towel or something, or, you know, your kids are <laughs> coming to show you something disgusting. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, kids, oh, they do that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, backgrounds are your friend. Yeah. Putting, what are they called? The virtual backgrounds. Yeah, the virtual backgrounds. Yeah, they're definitely, that's why you see everyone sitting on a um, beautiful Tropical Island. Yeah, or the Manhattan apartment is a common one. (laughs) Yeah, or even the boring business room where you're really actually sitting on the beach. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, definitely you can attempt to do that networking element. It's just not going to be the same. I think it's more difficult to keep attendees engaged in front of a laptop screen. So um, like you said, they may have distractions such as kids and pets and washing machines beeping because you're multitasking of course if you're at home you're going to put the dishwasher on or the washing machine on or be chopping vegetables (laughs) (laughs) the same the same time so um keeping people engaged is paramount absolutely short sharp bursts work for me um I, i i recently went to an event went to an event i recently joined an online event i signed up for it and it was a one day thing and it looked really cool. They had all these cool speakers and they were um, set out for all different times of the day. And I was really motivated to to be there for some decent chunks of my working day. So it was a day where I was coming into the office. The event was um, nationwide in Australia. and But it was being run on Eastern Standard Time. So we're in Western Australia. So we're at best two hours behind the other side of the country, at worst three hours when it's daylight saving. So this event started at seven o'clock in the morning. So I was, yeah, (laughs) I was literally logged on and brushing my teeth and getting ready because I, you know, at that time of the day, I've been to the gym, 
I was getting I was getting ready for work. There was I wasn't going to get ready at five o'clock in the morning so that I could get onto this online event. So already I'm set up for distractions because I'm doing all these things. Laptop sitting in my bathroom. I am engaged though. Um, and then I just listened to it while I was driving to the office. And once I got to work, um, I knew the times that the speakers were coming on that I was interested in, but I found it really difficult to stop work, tune into that, come back to my team and then go back to another session when it suited me. It ended up just being a disaster. I actually couldn't get onto the sessions that I wanted to in the time. What I needed to do was just take the whole day off or work from home and just be present online. But I wasn't prepared to do that because I didn't want to sit there for six hours online. Was it a free event or a paid event? It was free. That makes a difference as well. So that's something to consider. If you're investing a lot of money and you're really wanting people to engage with the session, free events, you're you're going to get such a high drop-off. I think if people invest, even if it's a nominal amount like $30, $20, just to make people – it's a different mindset. It's like I've invested in this. Yeah. I need to put aside the time and, and attend the sessions. You're so right. I needed that buy-in. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But then I probably wouldn't have attended the event because I was so busy at work that I was, try- I was trying to fit it in, but it just it didn't fit in with my life. Mm. And But one of the things that I was hoping for, and I actually found it really difficult to get to in the end, and I never watched them, was recording so mm. that I could jump back, jump back in and still see that session even though I wasn't able to interact with it. So, but yeah, with this particular organisation, they made it really difficult for me to do that. And that leads on well to one of the items we did have in there was consider doing some on-demand content, particularly when the time difference is really difficult for people. Um, You know, you don't want to be up at 7am listening to something, but at 9am or 5pm when you get home, you want to watch the one hour session you really liked. 100%. That would have been so much more convenient for you. Yeah. And I just wanted to go to the website click a button, say, yes, I've attended the event, which I tried to, and watch watch the session that I wanted to watch. But, yeah, no, nah, didn't work that way. There probably was a way you could do it, but I couldn't figure it out. And if, if you make it hard for people, they're gonna, you're going to lose them straight away. Yeah, definitely. So did you watch any of the sessions? Did they employ any sort of things to keep you engaged, like interactive quizzes or polls? I, start, I came in hot. I started <laughs> off good when I was brushing my teeth. So they did, um, you know, if give me a hey if you're from here, give me a hey if you're from there, um, tell me what, a, what your biggest pain point is, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but for this event, there were so many people online that he would ask that question and the answers would just go, doosh, 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 doosh. I don't know, like he could choose one out of a hundred so it wasn't that interactive because there's so many people there that you didn't feel like you were really cutting through the noise of all the other people that were at the event, yeah. inverted commas. So in that case, maybe they should have set the poll up differently to be like from this state, from that. like So you can say we've got 20% of people are from Western Australia. Mm. Hey to you guys. Thanks for getting up early. Yeah. You can kind of more customise that content. Yes, I would have felt so validated yeah. if they had said, hey, you brushing your teeth <laughs> You're probably at brushing your teeth right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that live polls, the Q&As, the gamification, they're definitely ways that you can connect with people while you've got them online. And it, is, it is good if you can see someone's name come up and go, hey, Mel, yeah. how are you and over there in WA? 
And that's when breakout sessions, you could probably do that. If you had, say, 30 people register, you, you're going to get a much more personalised experience yeah, um, in terms of – Yeah, and intimate. What sort of applications could people use to run those sort of things? Um, there's things like Slido, which is a quiz, which is really good even if you're not doing a virtual event, but mm. everyone um, in an, an event room can get out their phone, put in a code – you go to the website, you put in a code and then you enter that event and you can ask questions which go directly to your guest speaker or your panellists. Um, so that works in an in-person event or definitely um, online. Mm. So you can be absolutely anywhere in the world and get questions and they can all be um, mediated as well. So you can cut through the mm. stuff you don't want to hear. <laughs> I find that really interesting um, thinking again about rather than doing free text answers, which can get a bit hectic with uh, a lot of people online, I find it really interesting when they're asking things like, uh, I've done a lot of charity themed ones from my, in my past jobs and, you know, that it was the, what are your biggest pain points in fundraising, for example, and it would be a multiple choice and you'd see the percentage breakdown. Mm. And so even just seeing like, wow, 50% of people, sometimes it wasn't what I expected, which was really interesting. Yeah. That's a really good way to do it, to get percentages and multiple yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah. And because you can assume it's a fair representation of the industry, depending how big the event is. Yeah. But um, you're getting answers from real people. Yeah. Who you may not always be able to talk directly to. Yeah. And questions you probably wouldn't ask. Like I remember one of them was, what's your standard budget? Or And they had brackets, obviously, because it's a bit of a sensitive question. But even that was really interesting. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, so Slido we love and there are other interactive presentations. The premise is that people love to be involved and they love to be heard and they love to have their say rather than just be talked at. So it can work for both at home and in the room mm -hmm. but it's just getting that involvement from people that keep them going. And I think the overarching theme in this section is about tailoring experiences to the virtual and in-person people if it's a hybrid mm -hmm. to make sure that everyone's getting a really um, engaging experience that works in both settings. So one way um, this has worked really well at an event I've managed in the past is breakout sessions for example. No that's a bad way to put it. It's a dance break almost. It's a, like a pre-recorded two-minute video. Awesome. Yeah and there's a lady on there and she's like right let's get up and get the blood pumping and she does all right everyone do some punches and it's funny in the room. because <laughs> you, you should see Mel right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't see my great hand movements, but I'm doing them. I might take um, a photo. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, so everyone's punching the people next to them in the room when everyone gets a little giggle. But also because it's pre-recorded, we can stream it live um, to the people at home. So they're also getting, hopefully getting up in their lounge rooms. If I was bored enough, I would do that. Um, and stretching. Then she does some kicks like this. So everyone does some sidekicks. <laughs> oh, this is just joyful. <laughs> um, but it was fantastic. It was two minutes, which meant being pre-recorded, we could keep it on time as well because those sort of things can really blow out. Yeah. Um, it was a great – and it's a great sponsorship asset actually. So a company – I can't remember what it was called, but say it was like the the BHP breakout dance. And, and so you, you have know, it branded on screen. Yep, branded. The girl running it um, – was one of the massage therapists at the event, I think, and she was wearing branded clothing by them. So it was a really good branding opportunity for them. Yeah. It was really fun for the attendees as well and it worked great for people in their living rooms as well. Yeah, fantastic way to connect both audiences yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And who doesn't like dancing? 
especially when no one can see you in your lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the, um, you know, a way that you can bring that in and involve the people at home who are missing out on accidentally punching someone next to them is through socials, like there was live videos going on. There was a camera in the room, which is, we'll talk about um, AV considerations in a minute as well. But people, the camera could flick to the virtual session and you could see everybody doing it as well together. Wow. Like all heads in boxes? No. So the people in the room, sorry. Oh, there right. was a camera, like a live feed, not just of the stage, but it turned to the room. Okay. Just so that people were doing it as well. You didn't feel like you just, just you were doing it in just your lounge room. And Nobby in the lounge room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So sometimes uh, experiences are great to apply to both people, but doing a hybrid, it's also really important to make sure that it's uh, one event, but two experiences. So Mm -hmm. there might be things that are just for the virtual people because they're not getting that extra connection in person. So one of the key speakers goes to a room and and does a direct Q&A just with the virtual people, for example. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, And the live people are off networking with the other guests in the room, but don't, you know, make people sitting at home sit and watch a networking session of the people in in person you don't want them to feel like they're missing out yeah absolutely yeah so you just table that they're going to have their lunch break at that time and then yeah the online people can join join in their virtual session yeah but also don't fall into the trap of thinking that you need to schedule every single minute of the day for virtual people that they still need their break to go and make their lunch in the kitchen or move away from the screen have a brain break like everyone else does um see their kids yeah pat the dog that's been scratching at the the door for the last half hour put the dog out (laughs) likewise if in-person people are heading off to a sundowner or something after after the event which after the conference say it is which is quite common don't mention this in the mc script so um, the mc can do a closing thank everyone for coming and then once the feat is finished you can do extra additional closing remarks for the people about where to go, what time, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Make them feel special. Yeah. And tell the people online to just make themselves a cocktail. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your top tips to create a successful hybrid or virtual event? Um, Okay, so number one for me is considering the time zones for reasons mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And just consider whether it's feasible to run multiple sessions at different times and definitely offer your content on demand and make it easy, easy and accessible. And it's probably worth an email to all attendees afterwards, whether they missed it because they intended to sit through it and the dog came in and pooped on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Life, hashtag life happened. Life life happened or like you, you you're in the office but you just didn't get around to watching it. Yeah, and I was actually really expecting from this group an email just like that and it didn't come through so it was disappointing. Yeah, that is disappointing. Um, Audiovisual, have the right equipment and the right team for the job. And one of my biggest bugbears is do an AV run through and check absolutely everything prior to the event. So the worst thing is to have all the tech and videos in place, ready to go. You've got this amazing schedule, amazing event set up for in the room and online. And it just doesn't work. Oh, you give me anxiety just leading into that. Oh, <laughs> it's the worst. Like you, you know, um, you might have something like somebody's screen is upside down, and I've seen this happen. So they've been filming on their phone. They've been holding their phone upside down. So they come to the room upside down. So just doing that tech run through with your speakers first is absolutely essential. Or they're a potato. Have you seen that video? <laughs> what? 
You can put oh. a filter on Zoom. Like, or the cat. Yeah, or the cat. You're a cat. <laughs> no, I'm not a cat. <laughs> that was the best. Uh, if yeah. anything come out of COVID, the, the funny Zoom videos were one of them. Yeah, for sure. So on AV, um, making sure there's a few unique things that you need to consider in terms of equipment from um, a normal event as well, such as a fold-back screen. So that means a screen facing the stage. Mm-hmm. Say the MC or presenters and you've got half of the panel are virtual. That's really important so that the um, people on stage can see the the other half of their panel while they're yeah. talking to them. Absolutely, yeah. And it's the worst when they're talking to the audience and then they're turning around to look at the screen. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. And then having a camera facing the room as well as one facing the stage um, can be really helpful if it's a discussion session or um, there's things happening in the room. Someone's asking a question to a panel member who isn't in the room. Mm-hmm. Being able to show them on, on camera to I stream gr- through it was great. Totally agree and... It's really great if you've got a live cameraman there that can zoom in on that person. But the other thing to think about is audio. So you've definitely got to have them mic'd up. Otherwise, it's just going to be this... Um, I'm asking about that. <laughs> and you just can't hear. You can see them, but you can't hear what they're saying. So yeah. you've got to make sure that it's going to be heard by the people in the room and the people online. And choosing the right AV team, um, they definitely will be able to put your wireless roving mics into the zoom system so that everyone can hear for sure and there are companies that specialize in this so that leads me on to my next point is choosing the right team and it's really important to quiz the av company in particular if they've done something like this before um a lot of companies are really experienced at it and some are just guessing and av is so important i'm sure you can imagine in a virtual or a hybrid event event so you really need to have the right people on board they're everything and internet yes internet is king in these situations you have to have a reliable internet source if it's sketchy at all the the event's a disaster absolutely i went to truffle kerfuffle and unfortunately um briam gahimi the chef couldn't get in because sydney was locked out the week before so he came in via video and we were in the middle of a forest it was a disaster (laughs) yeah i mean I, i was actually really impressed with how they did it given we were in the middle of nowhere, but it was still really, really sketchy. Yeah. I guess that's just one of those um, occasions where they tried. Yeah. They really wanted it to go ahead. They were up against it and they tried. Yeah. And you guess you, you just have to forgive them for that. But essentially you would have paid a lot of money for that ticket. Mm-hmm. Was there any kind of reimbursement or refund? No, but I have to say it was still a really good experience. It um, most of the money you pay for is because the chef is there talking about the food as he makes it, but he's making you a three-course meal. Mm. So we still got the food. He sent his head chef from um, Bistro Guillaume in Perth to yep. do it, who had a really good presentation um, manner anyway. Uh, and then the chef came in when he could via video and was still really entertaining, I have to say. Oh, that's great. Kind of made it funnier when he stopped mid-sentence and paused. (laughs) Frozen. (laughs) That's your cue to get a drink. Exactly. (laughs) So um, speaking of the right team, there are actually companies that you can engage to purely run the online portion of an event for you as well. So you can be focusing on the in-person event, which is what you usually do. And then there's companies that um, can manage the virtual speakers, making sure they're online in time. They've done a run-through, obviously, before their broadcast to the entire room and all the virtual attendees. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll communicate to the AV team on the ground to make sure the camera feed is in the right position, for example, and that everything looks right from the virtual attendees' point of view so someone hasn't just stopped and stood in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, this is the point where you can really have fun with it, have fun with the fact that you've got that virtual element to it. So you can bring in music that goes on screen as an intro. You can bring in graphics that go before the speaker comes on and just make it really fun. Things that you really can't do when it's an in-person event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, just... can make it really engaging and a lot of the that's a good point a lot of the sponsor um, messages or speeches at this event that I managed which was hybrid were pre-recorded and really highly high quality productions so that they weren't just looking at speech after speech through a screen but um, you know we'd have two minute sponsor message from this person and sponsor message from this person that were really quite engaging pieces of content. Yeah, and you've got the branding right there. Yeah. yeah. Whereas normally in an, in an in-person event, it may be behind them mm-hmm. on a screen or you're looking at it in a program, but when you're talking to someone, the branding's all around them. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Another thing you can do which engages both people in the room and at home is consider engaging a graphic recorder. So these, um, they sit live in the room and they will draw it's almost like a mind map pictorially um representing the session that's happening so they'll draw it on their ipad um, you can link it up to a tv so the people in the room are actually quite fascinated watching it come together but it also gives the people at home something to refer to later so even if you can't watch the video or as well as watching the video you could have referred to the mind map of all the info that was dropped in that session yeah, they, this is relatively new technology and a new thing to do, but it's such a great way to get a snapshot yeah. of all the information that you delivered at the event in a visual, very visual way. It's like an infomercial that appears before your eyes. Infographic. Oh, yeah, infographic, yeah. sorry. <laughs> infomercial is way too boring to represent this. <laughs> yeah, it's not 3am. Yeah. <laughs> Proactive. <laughs> That's what I meant. Infographic. But yeah, it's a really cool thing to watch. And these people are really talented. So there's a company we've worked with before called Tuna Blue in mm. Perth that does it. Yeah, fantastic. But I'm sure there's other providers out there for everyone around the world who's listening. Yeah. So another thing you could consider, uh, which people at home can get involved with as well, is making sure your activities um, appeal to them as well. So for example, you can get a virtual photo booth. Did you know that? No. Yes, people at home can turn their mobile phones into a photo booth. So they can click on a link. It will take them to, um, you know, if you're going to do a green screen one, it will put a background behind them no matter where they are. Wow. It'll put a branded footer for the event. So you can choose whatever you want and create a really shareable piece of content. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that. So what kind of companies do that? Uh, There's a company we work with. We've spoken to Colin before from Adept Photo Booths. Yep. So um, he definitely has the technology to do it and it's changing and improving all the time amazing yeah Yeah. that's a fantastic way so everyone's getting the same image with their photo yep and you can do so you would have a photo booth within the event doing the same sort of visual yep okay so you'd have it set up for people in person and then people at home could click a link see the exact same thing if they want a full-length photo just prop it up on a bookcase or something yeah beautiful way of bringing everyone together yeah yep and then you everyone's sharing the same thing on socials nobody needs to feel like they're at home or in person excellent yeah i I really loved that one Mm. and then it really comes down to content creation and that's that's the thing you mentioned before if it's a facility launch or a campus launch you can make really fun tours you can consider getting a comedian to host it um, producing a really high quality piece of content that's really animated really fun to watch and that way people in the audience 
are going to enjoy it and people sitting at home. Yeah. If you can make people laugh in any instance, you're on a winner because yeah. you, you, that's engaging straight away. So comedians are a great idea. And then me- it's memorable. If people are laughing, it's a really heightened emotion. So Absolutely. Yeah. Great tips, Mel. Thanks. <laughs> you did all right yourself. So if the worst hits and you've planned an amazing event and then COVID lockdown happens... Should you always necessarily move an in-person event to hybrid or virtual? Short answer is no, definitely not Mm -hmm. always. Um, Depends on the event style and the purpose. Um, As I mentioned earlier, awards, sure, you can plan for this. Meeting, conference styles, I say tick, tick, tick. They're kind of boring anyway. No. <laughs> Did I just say that? No. Um, you can definitely, they can translate quite easily. But ensure when you're shifting your event to virtual that it still serves your event purpose, which is what I keep driving home. Really consider whether the information can be effectively shared by video and live stream. If it can, go for it. If it can't, just hold back. And another point to make is that People think they'll save money or they can do postpone the in-person event, do the virtual one. It is not cheap to do a good quality virtual event. Absolutely not. Don't stumble into that. It's like the old grazing board thing. People are like, oh, we'll just do it cheaper and do a grazing board. It's still $35 a head. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true because you, if you're going to do it, you, you want to do it right and you want quality equipment, quality people working as part of your team. And a quality transmission. You want it to be seamless for the people that are at home who are already disappointed that they couldn't come to the event in person. So if you can't do it at a high quality, in a high quality way, then honestly, it's better to postpone. Yeah, I think it would do your brand a disservice if you did do it poorly. Agreed. Yeah, if you need to, don't be afraid to postpone. Yeah, I mean, we are so used to that now. I feel like everyone's in that really flexible, I'm not going to use the P word, Mm. but in that flexible mode where they can shift and change and just move to another date and it will still be fine. Mm -hmm. People still, if you're delivering a good message and it again comes back to that purpose, people will still want to go to that event and they'll wait for it. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter that it's a month or two months later. They will wait for it. The only time when there's time sensitive things, mm. that that is very difficult. But you may need to launch a product to market or put it out in the market, and the launch happens later. And that there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's not the way you intended it, but at least you can still go ahead. Or you do a soft launch, and it's a really, really exclusive list of people you send the product to, and it's social influencers or someone who's going to really amplify your reach without having that in person connection. Absolutely, it's a great way to do it. So I suppose the end result, do you think hybrid events will eventually replace in-person events? Absolutely not. No, (laughs) I don't think so either. I can't even believe I asked that. No, I mean, we're not living in Back to the Future or one of those sci-fi movies where everything is online, thank God. Um, You just cannot recreate human emotion, human interaction, the sensory experiences, Um, people face-to-face, it's an invaluable marketing tool. People remember being at your event in this physical sense and who they saw, who they met, what they interacted with, what they ate, what they drank, where they walked, the rooms they walked into. Mm. There's so much going on when when it's in person that you just can't get from sitting in a chair looking into a screen. 
Yeah, the food is always going to be better at an event than in your kitchen. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Quite possibly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that opportunity to socialise with food and beverage and network um, and picking up body language cues and all the little nuances um, of face-to-face, that can't be reproduced through a screen either. So, um, yeah, I just, no, the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Would would have sufficed with no, I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tam, what are your top tips from this episode? Um, Number one is you cannot replace in-person events. Number two is if you have to really consider all of the things we've covered, such as time zone, purpose, can it be delivered, should you postpone, what are you going to get out of it if you do... I'm going to say it, pivot Mm. to an online event. Can it work? If it can, fine. If it can't, just hold back, postpone. There will be another day that you can do it. It may be a long way away, depending on what's happening in the world, but there will be another time that you can do it. Um, And then if you are doing something online, find those little pieces of engaging content. So all those amazing things that Mel mentioned earlier, Go back in the episode and listen to them. <laughs> yes. Like Too many said. to mention. Um, yeah. But consider the experience for both the people at home and in the room if you're doing hybrid. I think that's the biggest takeaway is, is create two experiences and don't assume that they're both going to be able to experience that in the same way. Definitely. Oof, that was a hefty topic. I know. And it's one that we didn't really want to talk about because we are an in-person events company. That is our number one thing we love to do. Obviously, we've had to do some hybrid events and online events. That's just the nature of the beast that we live with at the moment. But we can't wait till the world is just a little bit back to normal and we can just party face-to-face as much (laughs) as possible. We can get on those dance floors. We can hug people. We can be mask-free and we can just have a great time. Yeah, we're the in-person party people. We are. So on that note, thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to hear more or connect with us further, you can go to our Instagram. Absolutely. At Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Or you can drop us an email at podcast at nonassociates.com.au. Love it. We always want to hear from you, so let us know if you've got something you want us to cover or a question, and we'll bring it up in the episode. Fabulous. See you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Bye.